0: The 4 O'Clock Football Frenzy on Cofield and Company. All
1: right, here we go. 4 O'Clock Hour. Good conversation there with uh, the high school coach of uh, Ty Diefenbach. Uh, Dustin Croy came on with us. He's the first 2023 commit for Marcus Arroyo and the Rebel Football Program. I think they got another commit, but uh, we probably won't know here for a day or two. I don't think I missed it today. Maybe I did. But uh, generally, when they get a commit, you'll see... A uh, Marcus Arroyo tweet saying, got another one, and then uh, they've got some funny g- gifts that they send out. Uh, Geiska, who uh, is kind of the, the COO, CEO of the program behind the scenes. He'll he'll send stuff out. So uh, funny follows up there at UNLV Football. Willie Ramirez is here as the company. DeMond's running the show. It's Cofield. Let's get into the frenzy. Warren Sapp. Getting an interview with uh, some sort of blog, vlog, whatever. Um, sadly, it's his own doing. But SAP has basically been excommunicated from the media. Can't control himself. Uh, a lot of allegations uh, involving women. So outspoken guy. You know, has experience in the game. We know that he's one of the uh, all-time great players. Was a very good raider. Uh, he claims that he. I guess he's got a source. This is a really weird way to put it but he's talking here about colin kaepernick and the workout and that he heard it wasn't a good workout i heard it was a disaster i heard it was one of the worst workouts ever i'm wondering how the hell this happened and the tape
0: didn't get out right i mean somebody wasn't over the bout over the fence or nothing come on man we, we live in a world right now where you put a drone up hey it ain't like they can stop you they ain't gonna stop the workout somebody there's a drone up here we don't know who this is i mean what come on let's 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 run this they don't even send him up the the, the ladder anymore. You know, we go out to practice? Send the guy up the thing. He's shooting practice off. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: So, first of all, let's address the drone and the tape, and no one saw this. Uh, has Warren been given a tour of the Raiders facility? It is a friggin' fortress, and like I would, I would fully. I, I don't even know how to put it. Um, if. I were sneaking around looking over the fence. I don't think I would last very long.
2: If you got in. If, if you got in to sneak around to the fence, right. you know. I mean, right. we are escorted from the media room we're to watched,
1: the practice We're facility. watched like Hawks the entire time. Yeah. And, yes. And uh, about 1,000 miles away from the field. I mean, it was pretty secretive with uh, Gruden and Mayock. Now that you got uh, Patriots West and Belichick ways, ain't no one seeing anything. Uh, so I don't think there's a tape to leak. I don't think someone was going to put up a drone. Um, no. You know, a couple of years ago we had, uh, you know, one of the TV channels, uh, frankly, being pretty irresponsible, flying a helicopter over, a you know, an unofficial workout. And I know they uh, I think in the end they got screamed at uh, yep. over that. So, Warren, there's there's no tape that any of us had access to. Now, he might have a source, right? And who knows? He might have a source. We, I mean, we went back and forth on who said – it was a good workout and eventually that got to the Kaepernick workout. That news got to uh, what's his name? Rap Sheet. So maybe he has a good source on it. I don't know.
2: Well, if it was a good workout and if it was worthwhile, I believe that he would have been signed. Or wouldn't we have heard that he's being sought after and, and working out more? I mean, I could be wrong here, but you know, if it was if it was a great workout, a signable workout, if you will Right. Um, he, he we, we'd hear of other invites, he'd be invited to other you know, facilities, or the Raiders would have made a move by now. But it sounds like they're happy with who they have going into July 20th when the veterans report. Sounds like they're just fine with the quarterback room.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to get a chance when there's an open door somewhere because of injury. So he's not going to get a chance anytime soon in Seattle because it sounds more and more like they may have some real interest in trading for Baker Mayfield, that was uh, Josina Anderson, NFL insider, saying that the other day. We don't know what the situation is in Carolina exactly. We don't know what the situation in Cleveland is. Can't pinpoint that right now without knowing what's happening with Deshaun Watson. So I think Kaepernick gets more workouts if there's a disaster somewhere else with the starting quarterback or all of a sudden they're thin at backup. And right now, the Raiders, listen, they traded for Stitty. Um, you know, they've got a great starting quarterback in Derek Carr, so I'm sure they, they feel somewhat comfortable uh, going into fall camp, which, by the way, was announced uh, yesterday that that'll start about as early as anyone in the NFL. Rookies on July 18th, and uh, vets are due there on July 20th. A little crunch, crunch. Oh, boy. It's always tough for rookies, Willie. It's always tough. Apparently, uh, the Jets' Garrett Wilson – just yeah. got annihilated by the veterans over a uh, rookie dinner.
2: Oh my gosh, this was fantastic! So, uh, Garrett Wilson, <laughs> Garrett Wilson was a guest on a podcast with NFL veterans Ryan Clark, Fred Taylor, and Channing Crowder, and Wilson r- revealed that he was he was like he didn't just say yeah, so I have to you know go through the. Rookie initiation he like he was excited to take his Jets teammates out to dinner bond with the wide receiver room and you know he made it seem like he was okay we'll go we're gonna go to I don't know you know we're gonna go wherever you a few hundred bucks 500 bucks thousand dollar maybe steak dinner. And right. the guy, the guy you see, he even said, I've got to take all the receivers to dinner. This is that's going to be cool. I'm excited for that. And right. uh, Ryan Clark cut him off He goes, it's not going to be cool.
1: Yeah.
2: And they went on to tell him that it could be upwards of $75,000 possible price tag. And the excitement sort of just dissipated. And his shock face just you have to see it. It's 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 hilarious. Um and he said, They ain't doing me for no seventy-five thousand dollars. <throat> and then Crowder <laughs> jumps in and says, Yeah, and he thinks it's his decision.
1: Right. So like, you have no control, he, bro.
2: Right. I'm just I you know, I'm watching it and I'm thinking to myself, I gotta get this on the rundown, and then I'm thinking to myself, Whew, I'm glad there was no rookie dinner for the co fielding company because It hasn't our, come yet.
1: Oh, COVID shit. shut it down. Our dinner's coming up. Jesus. First, you, then Damon. right? By the way, a lot of lot of rumors, lot of rumors going on on Twitter. I saw some uh, some folks uh, hoping that Damon is back with Q on Raider Nation Radio 920 very soon. Uh, someone was complaining about uh, our uh, our buddy Ari going over there, so I tried to I tried to chime in and uh, back up Ari a little bit, but uh, I don't know. Ari Ari, Ari was also saying uh, this is my last day on Raider Nation Radio, and I'm like, it says who? I don't. I don't know. What's, I don't know what upper management's going to do. They might like what they heard. We don't know. I, I put in. I, I put in my vote for DeMond for the rest of the summer. So DeMond, I, we'll I what
2: don't. Do. I, I don't know about this food place that you suggested here, but what I do know is that if the vets try to take <laughs> us rookies out, that means they got to hit the gym with us first.
1: Oh, is that right? We have to, We got to work out
2: first. Yes. Well, that yes. doesn't
1: seem fair. I wow. think the, like like, uh, like Crowder and Clark said, the uh, the vets get to decide. So, uh, radio meals on the way. Let's talk to uh, a, a longtime vet of football, Stanford Rout, who, of course, played for the Raiders and the Chiefs. And um, I want his take on what's going on first in college football with Arch Manning going to Texas because he's just down the road from Austin in uh, Houston. And then, you know, the news coming down that there are rumors that uh, Alvin Kamara for that uh, craziness that happened at the Cromwell that that uh, alleged beatdown that he may miss a significant portion of this season
0: it's time for former Oakland Raider and NFL insider Stanford Rout on Cofield and Company
1: let's do it football insider on Friday this is in Stanford Route. he's in Texas a lot of stories uh, revolving around Texas to get to Stanford how you doing buddy
0: Pretty good, pretty good, man. Hope you guys are well. I uh, hope you
1: guys are well. Yeah, we're good, we're good. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, I don't know if it's shocking, but uh, the fact that Arch Manning, you know, one of the Mannings, and they're you know they've been SEC guys their their whole lives, and I know Texas is going to the SEC eventually. Uh, are you shocked that Arch Manning turned down some of the traditional powers in that conference to give the nod to Texas?
0: Well, I'm not really surprised more so that uh, he turned down the traditional powers to me it's more indicative of what's surprising is how he signed to go to UT after Quinn Ewers transfer from Ohio State to go back to uh, uh, to uh in his uh, to the school in his home state and how that's going to play out going forward to me that's what you need to go ahead and go ahead and uh, pay more close attention to
1: Stanford route with us as uh, we get into a little college football. Let's talk a little NFL. I don't know if you saw the uh, the headline Stanford, but uh, Alvin Kamara after um, the alleged beatdown, the video is pretty damning. Uh, they <laughs> yeah. it's, it's bad, man. They they freaking he and his buddies lit up that guy again. I'll say alleged to protect myself. Um, there's a chance that he gets docked a decent part of the season. He could be out for six games.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't think it's a chance he gets docked. I think it's just a matter of when he gets docked. And just like we all know, anytime that you do anything to damage the reputation, anytime you do anything to damage the shield per se, you definitely are going to be staring down the pike at a, a suspension coming. So it's just a matter of when is it going to happen, not a matter of if, in my opinion.
1: I don't love the Saints' chances at the beginning of the season then. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, Like, you're going to be missing Alvin
0: Kamara coming this season. And furthermore, you don't have Drew Brees. Now you don't have Sean Payton. So I don't like the Saints' chances this year anyways, even though they still have a plethora of playmakers on the team, both offensively and especially defensively. But without a Sean Payton, without a Drew Brees, I don't like their
1: chances anyways. You like Dennis Allen's chance the second go around here as a head coach?
0: Uh, I I think that he's going to do a decent job. I don't think that you're going to see the New Orleans Saints be, by any stretch of the imagination, like the bottom or the cellar of the NFC. But Dennis Allen, he's more of a defensive-minded type of guy, and... With that team being offensively geared, with the brain trust of a Sean Payton and a Drew Brees, I don't think it's enough time for this team to reacclimate itself to the new leadership within a Dennis Allen. So, I look for the New Orleans Saints to be right around that eight and nine, maybe nine and eight, seven and ten type of a win loss
1: record coming to this year. Their uh, their first six games, if Camaro missed the first six games. They're at Falcons, home Bucks, at Panthers, home Vikings, home Seahawks, home Bengals. Uh, That certainly could be, I don't think it's one and five, but that could be as bad as two and four. Yeah,
0: definitely. I I, I would go ahead and agree with you right there, Steve. So, to me, I think that they're going to stumble out of the gate. And even if they have Kamara, I think... Stumble out of the gate because this team is gonna to have to go ahead and revamp itself as far as the mindset, the characteristics, the overall philosophy and not being so it's not being so heavily based on the quarterback of a Drew Brees that you know was there for so long and had so many great years. They're going to have to find themselves a new identity, but I think it's going to start with deciding who is going to be your quarterback going forward. Obviously, Jameis Winston is going to be coming back off the ACL, but... Are they sure that he's the guy? Is he a bridge between them and another high, big-ticket, free-agent quarterback signing or via trade or even a draft pick? That still remains to be seen. I think there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered. Who's going to be taking the ball from center going forward for years to come?
1: Talking NFL, it's a Friday. Stanford Rout is on with us. The former Oakland Raider, it's Willie, it's Cofield. Cofield and company here. Um, Interesting story on pro football talk. (laughs) mentioning, uh, well, it was Justin Jefferson talking about we're not a run-first offense anymore. And I immediately was thinking, well, I know Kevin O'Connell's there. He's a McVay guy. Uh, They like to throw the ball. Do you want Kirk Cousins running a pass-first offense if you're the Viking? You know what I mean?
0: I mean – if KOC, Kevin O'Connell, I got a good friend who's now a part of the coaching staff for the Minnesota Vikings, if they feel that he's up to it and he can handle it, then you know what? You might want to go ahead and try something new because having the run-first offense and having Kirk Cousins be more of a game manager, you still got Justin Jefferson who's putting up big numbers even within that run-first offense. And now with them going to a little bit more balanced, a little bit more pass-first offense, maybe Kirk Cousins, I mean, you're paying him for crying out loud so much money you might as well go ahead and see if he actually worth it and stop hiding him so you know what i'm all for it. let's go ahead roll the dice see if we can come out of it
2: stanford i gotta ask you uh you know i, I think i talked to you last week or the week before we were talking about josh jacobs and his absence which yes. spoke volumes but one thing that he's doing, good to see him being using his time productively. So he's taking his uh his camp on the road to Tulsa, he's gonna be working with some youth. That's that's gotta be good as far as, you know, doing some, some community outreach.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. I think uh as a player, I would say that it is your duty to do everything that you can to give back to the younger generation because You have so many players, you got so many high school kids that they need somebody to look up to. And oftentimes for us young players, as we were coming up in middle school, high school, to have an NFL player have a star running back, to be able to come back and be able to see him in person and to be able to get that actual one-on-one type of guidance or even just words of encouragement, I think that does wonders a lot of our youth, and especially with Josh Jacobs and knowing his story, where at times he was homeless growing up, and to be able to go ahead and give back, I think that's beautiful, and I think more players should do that.
2: Now, on the flip side of that, how much can that, whatever it is that's going on with him, whether it is a nagging injury or whether it is something to do with it, you know the fact that he wasn't, that fifth year wasn't picked up. How refreshing can that be in his mind, where you come off of something like that and then go right into camp, as they're going to be reporting here in about uh, three and a half weeks?
0: Yeah, I think that, uh, obviously, it's refreshing. And, you know, I think for Josh Jacobs, he knows that, okay, they didn't pick up my fifth-year option. And that doesn't necessarily mean the kiss of death for his career. And I say that simply because a couple of years ago, you had Kyle Fuller cornerback uh, for the Chicago Bears at the time, they did not pick up his fifth-year option, which thus was going to make him a free agent. That year, he winds up going to the Pro Bowl, has a very good year, and the Bears signed into a big, long-term extension. So, I don't think that this means the sign of a kiss of death or anything like that for Josh Jacobs. It just means that you're able to go ahead and get to free agency quicker, and I think when you're a running back, that's what you want anyway. So, this may very well be a blessing in disguise for the Raiders and for Josh Jacobs if he produces a big year now under Josh McDaniel.
1: Now let's tell the truth would you be annoyed that you're that you're in the Hall of Fame game if you're a member of the Raiders or uh, are you ready to go cuz these uh, like Willie said these training camps open pretty freaking early here 718 and and July 20th.
0: Well, I can tell you like this. Nobody wants to play in the Hall of Fame game, especially back when you had four preseason games regular. And then Man. on top of that, making it a fifth regular season, I played in the Hall of Fame game we did back in the 2006 season, I believe. So that is a game where obviously you're really not going to play any starters. They're barely even going to dress. And that's when they, that's when you're going to have a lot of young guys who are going to be playing the entirety of the game. And with it having been that extra week going in the training camp, As a player, you want to make sure that you're healthy. You want to make sure you don't have any early nicks, anything like that, so you can go into the regular season firing off all cylinders. And it's for a coach. You just want to get through the Hall of Fame game week is – quickly and as healthy and as unscathed as can be because that's one more opportunity for a lot of the starters to possibly get hurt, not even through the Hall of Fame game, but like you just said, starting training camp a week earlier than everybody else. So that just means that you got a you got a more of a chance of injury, something like that happening.
1: So we gotta get your take on, you know, being a member of a team and having teammates backs. Uh, we had this baseball story develop like six weeks ago, and it actually was over a fantasy football argument with Tommy Pham, who actually is a Vegas guy, and Jock Peterson. Yeah. And Pham walks up to him in the outfield and slaps him right in the face. Well, the Reds are back. Pham is back in yeah. San Francisco for another series here. And, like, I don't know what Major League Baseball is doing in terms of security, but I would have to imagine that the Giants are going to confront the guy. I, I don't, I don't know how you get around that. I mean, is that – Is that being childish? I mean, the guy walked up to a teammate and slapped him in the face. No one's going to do anything about it? (laughs) Well, I know this. If I'm fam, whenever I get up at
0: bat, that's when I think you really got to pay attention because one of those Giants pitchers, they're probably going to go ahead and, you know, throw a little bit. Some high heaters, maybe try to paint the inside corner, the inside edge of the, of the home plate a little bit more than usual. So that right there to me is where you're really going to see the gamesmanship come in. As far as pregame, I'm pretty sure – that the commissioners probably already notified these teams, okay, we all remember what happened a month ago, May 27th. Let's go ahead and let's keep everything cordial. But when you're up there at bat and that pitcher has that ball in his hand and he's coming at you about 100 miles an hour and he accidentally just gets a little bit too far inside or he just gets a little bit higher than usual where that ball is coming near your head, that to me is what you're probably going to see more of from the pitching staff. Having Jock Peterson's back more so than some sort of a brawl in pregame.
2: Well, I tell you what, if this <laughs> this is the type of this is a type of situation that I kind of wish that Gerard Gallant was the coach of a of a baseball <laughs> team. Just like we heard during the Stanley Cup playoffs when he says, "Okay, that's how you want to play. We got the guy for you. We got the guy to handle that." And you just send someone out there and they take care of hockey. They just send the right guys out to take care of business, to stick up for the oh, team. Oh,
0: no doubt about but, it. Yeah. But
2: listen, we, you know, okay, so big weekend coming up here in a few months, Stanford. I mean, you're talking about kicking off some season, some, some football, you, and then the boxing capital, September 17th and 18th. Canelo, Triple G, three, September 17th. UNLV still scheduled to face North Texas, big game. At noon on the 17th, and then the Raiders home opener versus the Cardinals on Sunday, September 18th. I mean, you got to admit, Vegas is just, it continues to be the hotbed with big headlines for sports. Oh, no doubt
0: about it. It's in City. Come on now. Vegas will always be the hotbed. And now that you have the Las Vegas Raiders no longer the Oakland Raiders, that's just going to go ahead and exacerbate what's already going on in that city. We already know when it comes to big boxing matches within the United States, it, Vegas is the hotbed, that's the go-to, that's the that's the city that everybody wants to have it in, so just having the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders there, that's just going to go ahead and just add more fuel to that burning fire, but I'm right there with you. When it comes to Las Vegas, obviously we see gambling, obviously we see all the other adult entertainment type of features, but yes, yeah, sports, boxing, now football, you already had UNLV, but now professional football, things like that, man, you can't beat it. I love Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure you guys can hear it in my voice, but <laughs> yes, yeah, man, I, I can never get enough of that city.
1: By the way, I got to go back to the fam pregame stuff real quick for a second. If when you played for the Raiders and maybe maybe one of the other teams you played for, if you needed to have someone go to the opposition, you had a beef with someone, and you needed one of your teammates who was like a true life ass kicker psycho. Who would who would have been the guy that you played with? Where you're like. Man, if that guy goes over there and the other person challenges him, he's going to get his head ripped off.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, man. Um, who, who are guys is- on the Raiders
1: or Chiefs, like, actually afraid of? Like, that guy's that guy's dangerous.
0: I can tell you this. Um, <clears throat> there were a couple guys that I played with, not because they were bad actors or they were troublemakers or anything like that, but just because I knew that, I can literally walk through the valley of the shadow of death with just a stick because I knew that I was well-protected would be Turdell Sands, a guy that I played with in my early years. He's like 6'8", 6'9", big guy, played defensive tackle. Used to give Nick Hardwick the center for the uh, San Diego Chargers for many years, a lot of fits, and Tommy Kelly. Another defensive tackle just because of how big they were. I would always feel extremely safe if I was to walk into a room with them. I'd probably say those you know, two
1: guys. You know what's funny? Because we've talked about this a lot about Tommy Pham. There's a reason that Tommy Fam does what Tommy Fam does, because I think he can kick ass. And I actually I really do believe if the Giants sent like a wave of guys at him, he, he'd go one on five. I don't know if he'd win, but he'd be like, Let's do it. I'll go, I'll go one on five.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. He definitely strikes me as the type that he wants all the smoke is what the, uh, the young kids are saying nowadays.
2: Yeah. It must be It must be a red thing. It must be a combination of the Reds and Vegas because Amir yeah. Garrett, when he played for the Reds, he went after the entire Pirates dugout in Amir's <laughs> a Vegas guy.
0: Yeah, guys. Some people really still have that football type of nature within them. They got that football mentality, and no matter what sport you put them in, they are still always going to have that level of aggression. And like I just said, you know, some people, they want all the smoke. They don't care what it is. They don't care if it's bad timing. They don't care if it's the wrong place. There are some guys, and I've come across many in my lifetime, that they want it, and they want it now, and good luck trying to stop them.
1: Yep. All right, Stanford. Good convo, man. Have a good weekend and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> you guys be good, man. I'll talk to you next week. Y'all be safe out there. There you go. Stanford Route. Yeah, Tommy Kelly, who we mentioned, uh six six three ten. And uh Turnell Sands, six seven, three thirty five. But I'm telling I, I swear if both of those guys walked to Tommy Fam at, you know, whatever, six hundred and forty five pounds combined, I think he would square up. I there's no doubt in my mind, right, Willie? He's, he's, he's always ready. He's always ready. not going to get punked. No, He'll be ready. <laughs> he's always ready to go. Uh, coming up in about 15 minutes, our Ion sports gambling is the initial numbers are out for the NBA rookie of the year with the uh, draft class from last night. No shocker. Paolo Bancaro is the favorite, but I like one of the long shots. And we'll also give you the number on Jaden Hardy. Well, the secret is, you've got to coordinate. Uh huh. Most people don't coordinate, so you got to coordinate. I'm Chet Holmgren, three favorite features of my outfit, gotta be the suit jacket, the chain, and the watch. It's paradise with 3-4 on it, 3-4 is my number. I wore seven with USA when we won gold, and 3-4 adds to seven, and uh, I'm big on betting on myself.
0: Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Findlay Toyota Go.
1: Studio. I like Ted Holmgren. He's got a little uh, swagger. He's a confident guy. If you ever watched him play at Gonzaga, but especially uh, in the high school ranks, he's got an edge to him. So I think it's going to work. He's just got to get bigger and stronger. His skill set for that size is, is uh, ridiculous. And um, yeah, he looked comfortable. Sometimes there are guys who don't look comfortable at the drafts. I know one of Adam Hill's favorite moments was Zach Wilson up on the stage with a bunch of other NFL draft picks. And Zach Wilson's like, What's going on here? Like, I didn't experience this at BYU. This feels different. Like, Chet Holmgren grew up playing basketball with all the best prospects, so uh, he's comfortable in his skin and uh, pretty decent chain there. Willie, are you a chain guy? I know the answer. You are. I am. Yeah.
2: I've got – you know what's funny is I left – I took a picture and tweeted it yesterday. Right after the show, I left and I went to my jeweler – because I had to get all my my uh, jewelry polished, and then I had to discuss
1: There it. Here we go. Oh, here jewelry! I I come out of come out of the gates. Are you a chain guy? And then within fifteen seconds, oh, he's getting all no, my jewelry. I mean, you asked me. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm So It's just down. coincidental. I left the,
2: I left the show yesterday, and I went to my head jeweler, and I was getting everything polished and ready for the weekend. And uh, we discussed some upcoming. Uh, projects that we be have i maybe i may have to get some new stuff for the uh for the fall is that right okay right. custom made stuff no. there's only one place to go in town i'm not going to get into it all you know i'm not allowed to say names and businesses because of endorsements but the bottom line is everybody knows there's only one place you go there's only one guy you go to he's been in the movies everybody the most lovable jeweler in town End the story
1: okay yep. are you wearing any You're you're. I I don't see anything on right now, so you're not not all iced up. I'm
2: not going to tarnish the polished jewelry. Uh, No. So are you going out
1: this weekend with all the clean jewelry, or are you just going to hole up with the hot weather and just watch like a bunch of Showtime?
2: Uh, No. Tonight I will watch some Showtime and Sunday, but not tomorrow. Tomorrow I am going to the Aces game. And I won't wear the jewelry because I'll be suited up and it would not look right to wear. Now, back in the day – you know, 18, 19, 20, the style, you know, I'd wear the jewelry over the collared shirt or over out and over the turtleneck over under the blazer type stuff, you know, but, uh, I have to wear either an open shirt or something to wear. it garners wearing the chain. You just don't wear that over a collared shirt with a tie. It just doesn't, you know.
1: Your show time tonight, are you catching up or are you watching something new?
2: if I'm going to showtime uh, can, now that I finished vice principals I have to if I if I'm going my number one go to is californication of all time okay all, right. of all showtime shows
1: okay i'm looking at a, i'm looking at a best uh 25 showtime series all time uh, number 25 oh. is californication but you have a uh, number one
2: it's a terrible ranking whatever I mean, who you're we, reading
1: who do, who do we trust is it? adam hills no, that was just it's some, whatever, some random magazine.
2: No. the top Here's my top ten. This is all that matters, okay? Going backwards. Number ten, and, and, and do like we did before, uh, the first three are, well, actually, the first two are, are ones that I haven't seen. Ten is episodes. Nine is shut up and dribble. Eight is not really a show. It's more like a series. But I think you can watch past ones. When they do the all-access series before a fight, like if a fight's yeah. been named and then four weeks lead, and every week you see a new one, Like I like those. I think they're pretty cool. I like they're the way good. they do it. I like the narrator. Um, they've added to this the best of all the smoke. you familiar with that podcast? No. All, all the smoke?
1: Nope.
2: Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson do a podcast called All the Smoke. They've had okay. Kobe well, on now,
1: now, now that you say what it is, yes, I'm familiar with it. I didn't know the oh, name yeah. of it. But yeah, that's yeah, that yeah. was the whole thing. That was a whole thing with Kwame Brown last year, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So
1: and the, yeah, my favorite so one is with Allen got, got, they, got all, they got all the smoke in that one.
2: Well, now I guess it the best of all the smoke is on Showtime. Six would be mm-hmm. House of Lies with Don Chadle and Kristen Bell. Yeah. Five is Weeds. Okay. Four is Ray Donovan. Number three is Dexter.
1: All right, because not smart. only can you
2: be entertained, but you can do homework. Okay. Number 2 is Shameless. Okay. I was a little upset when Emmy Rossum went off the show, but still a fantastic show. Bill Macy is a genius. And number 1, I mean simply more than anything cuz the guy's a writer and a lot of the things he did does throughout the throughout the entire series reminds me of my past, but Californication is at the top.
1: All right. I could buy I could buy that. I'll accept it from you. I do think how you missed How many of those two- have you seen? Uh, Maybe not the whole know.
2: series, but how Aren't many
1: of you? Those- uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know. Four or five. Um, you missed the two best, which is billions, which is, you know, you got to pay attention. No. You can't pay on your phone. You got to no. concentrate. And actually, I think the best of all time um, is Homeland. I think Homeland's freaking awesome.
2: Okay. I, I started watching Homeland and. Uh, So you're obviously a Damien fan because he went from 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 Homeland to Billions. Here's the thing: Homeland lost me because that storyline with him and the agent—I can't remember um, Carrie—it was so entrenched for what two and a half seasons, and then he just went away, and and then it kind of just died. It's like you know, it'd be one thing if there was a different storyline every season, but you get so entrenched, and all of a sudden, for to me, it just died off. Billions. Same thing. I've went through seasons 1 through 3 twice. It took me forever to get through the first season. You know, like I think I started it over once or twice and then did the first 3 seasons two times. When you get to that 4th season, I don't care how much you are glued to the TV, how much coffee you drink, how much you silence your phones if you don't understand the hedge funds and everything, I got lost, so maybe it's the ADHD. Maybe I'm just dumb. Well, I know I'm dumb, but maybe I just can't. I just it's just can't. So I couldn't put it in there rightfully. Just now, I would put it in the top ten if you if you are a, a if you are a trader, a stockbroker, you know, a day trader, a hedge trade, whatever, and you understand all that, then it should definitely be in the top ten. But I got lost after season t- three, so it's not in my top ten.
1: I do like that, though. There, there does need to be a self-awareness, and you do have to admit sometimes, you know what, I'm just not smart enough to watch right. this TV show. It is yes. way beyond my I'm barely
2: smart enough to do this show.
0: It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting.
1: Heading towards the 5 o'clock hour, we'll have some Raiders talk in the final hour of the show of the week. Willie Ramirez is here. DeMond's running the show. We'll talk to RJ Clifford from the Autumn Bags. Also get a little USC talk in there. Again, that's at 5.30. So, Willie, the uh, numbers are out for Rookie of the Year after last night's draft. I want to get to that in a second. But there's also some numbers on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving landing spots if they're not with the Nets, as I tease, tease, tease. Before any of that, what are you doing, if anything, betting tonight's pivotal Game Five, do or die, with the Lightning and the Abs?
2: In the game, <clears throat> or with a prop? Anything. Well, if I was going to bet the game, I would bet the Lightning, point blank. I mean, I, I, you know. I mean, let's be real. They're they're down three one. They lost two of the games in overtime. They're, you could argue that a majority of the two games, you know, two those two games that they outplayed Colorado, or at least matched their talent. I mean, are they as fast as Colorado? No, but their experience and they played well. And and no matter what you want to say about the demolition that took place in in uh, when they got shut out seven nothing, they still have Andre Vasilevsky. So these are the two-time defending champs. They're going to be playing with pride. And so I just believe that, the, that that's an overinflated price. And you have to take it for what it's worth with its value. That being said, you can get a specialty total prop for over two and a half goals. And I believe it was plus 280 this morning when I looked at it. And I really think that the first period is where you're going to see both teams come out attacking offensively. I think Tampa Bay has a chip on its shoulder for the way that Colorado won, um, considering how John Cooper spoke after the game, disappointed on the non call on Nazem Kadri. I think Colorado is going to want to establish the presence and sort of take Tampa Bay out of its game early on. And I think you're going to see an up tempo, fast paced, high scoring first period. I think if the fisticuffs and the physicality are going to come, it's going to come in the second period. And then unless it's one-sided going into the third, that's where you're going to see that tactical, schematic, fundamental, methodical hockey, very clean played to, to, to sort it of for, for one of the two teams to either finish the series or to force a game six. So I like over two and a half goals, if you can find that alternative total in the first period.
1: Damn. Okay, um, I'm going to say the series is over because I just bet the Lightning tonight plus 175. So that that should do it. That'll wrap it. That'll did you wrap bet?
2: It. I just want to know. Did yeah. you do what I said and bet Bryson Stott because his family was in town? Trouble with the curve philosophy. One uh, hit in nine games. Kid went out and got a hit last night.
1: No, I bet Joe Musgrove strikeouts.
2: That didn't come in.
1: I, I exactly. Five and a, he a half. Did. He got one. He got rocked. <laughs> I'm kidding. I actually I did not bet Musgrove and I did not bet Stott. But I did. I am I am telling the truth. I did just bet plus 175 for the Lightning to keep the series alive. And uh, that's wishful thinking because I have uh, a very early bet at plus 220 for the series. That one looks like it's a. Uh, my hopes are fleeting on that one. So Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving odds if they're not with the Nets. There's a possibility if Irving is gone that Durant could say, you know what, I want the hell out of here. I want to win a title, go with a better team. Uh, Irving odds if he's not with the Nets. Lakers 3-1, to Clippers plus 350, Heat 4-1, to Knicks 4-1, to uh, Mav Sixers behind that. Um, again, I don't get into salary cap stuff in the NBA and bird rights and all that, um, but it sounds to me like if Kyrie Irving wanted to go elsewhere that a sign and trade may not happen, and he may just have to go somewhere on a super cheap deal this year, and then sign long term after that. Which I, if I were Kyrie Irving, that doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't risk it.
2: I just want to know how much of a slap in the face it looks like for for to, to Kevin Durant that Kyrie Irving is now bailing. I mean, hey, let's all meet in Brooklyn, and now Kyrie right. Irving is headed out, and well, Kevin Durant's there to, leave, to to hold the bag. I see I mean, Kyrie. Ir-
1: Kyrie, they're not going to give Kyrie a long-term deal now. It's his doing. He's the one who behaved the way he did this year. That's what I'm saying. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't give him a long-term deal. And I don't know. I don't know how much, you know, decision-making power the Nets owner Joe Tsai has. A you know billionaire. Um, he actually, I don't even know how he saw this. Uh, he saw some, he saw some tweet referencing uh, team and culture over any one player, and he liked it. So even even billionaires kind of slink around social media and try to send messages with likes and subtweets.
2: Well, it's 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 definitely as you said, it's something that Kyrie Irving brought on this whole situation. He he's brought this upon himself with all of his off court drama. And I for one as a Laker fan don't believe he needs to be with the Lakers. I just, I don't, you know, we, you just keep adding components that are, it just, I, I don't see it happening. I don't, not, let me, let me rephrase it. I don't see it working whether it happens or not. I mean, you know, LeBron James calls the shots. I mean, if he says, make it happen, figure it out. I would I would suppose, I, I don't know where else he's going to go. I mean, I'm looking at the list. I'm looking at the odds. The Lakers are the favorite, the Clippers, you, you rolled them off. You, you, you said them all. Um, I just don't know where this guy goes. I, I mean, where he fits in terms of, you know, you have to look at the big picture and say, OK, what are we getting off the court? It's another one of those stories where you have to take in consideration what you're going to be dealing with off the court. And I think that's the problem. I mean, maybe 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 it's not a big of an issue because, you know, the vax and the, and the masks and all that. I mean, I, I mean, we're still involved in I mean, we're still we're still in the middle of a pandemic, realistically, but, you know, I, with all of his other issues or things that go on with this guy, I just don't know what team wants to bring that and invite that into their locker room.
1: NBA Rookie of the Year odds are out. Number I'm, one pick, Ben Carroll, 3-1. to one. Jabari Smith, plus 350. He's with the Rockets. Chet Holmgren, OKC's, plus 550. Jaden Ivey, Pistons, plus 750. Uh, Keegan Murray, 9. Uh, Benedict uh, Madarin is 12. Abaji, 16. Johnny Davis is 18. Um, I would potentially roll the dice on Jalen Williams at 22-1. to one. That might be of interest to me. By the way, Jaden Hardy with the Kings, 50-1. to 50-1 to, to be rookie of the year. How
2: about former Colorado State David Roddy at 100-1? to one?
1: Yeah, he has no shot.
2: Oh, okay.
1: I didn't understand that pick at all.
2: Well, when you get to that point, I mean I guess that's where that's where the that's where the film room comes in and, and the experts do what they do. I tell you who I like at fifteen to two, plus seven fifty you mentioned is Jaden Ivey. I brought okay. him up yesterday, Curtis. Um taken fifth overall by the Pistons. Um I just think overall, he's the best athlete in the draft. And, you know, considering the team that he's going to, he, I, I don't want to say he's expected to be the star, but he's certainly expected to have an immediate impact. And I feel like they had a great draft. So I I think that he has room to make the, you know, some immediate headlines and, and, and have a big impact. Now, that being said, the top five all do in in realistically, but I I just like Jaden Ivey. I like the makeup of his game. Um, obviously, I like Jabari Smith at both ends of the court. I said that yesterday. As far as his defensive skills, um, the fact that he can go inside and out of the paint, he can defend well on the perimeter. But for the price that I'm looking at, I like Ivey. I do. I you know the a ball dominant. He's a sc- uh, guy. He's a scoring threat. He can you know dunk the ball with the best of them. He's got great hands. And uh, you know, by the time the regular season comes around, hone out those defensive skills. I I really, really like what he resembles. And I might compare him. And, you know, I don't like playing the compare game, but because this guy's young and he was last year's big name as a youngster, he might be the next John Moran.
1: Okay. Uh, last year, Scotty Reynolds was the where's my odds board here my old odds board uh, not reynolds scotty barnes was uh the second choice coming out of the draft scotty barnes eight to one he wound up winning narrow victory against evan mobley who came out of the draft at plus 550 by the way i keep saying jaden hardy drafted by the kings got traded to the mavericks which we'll get into um in the big five uh and and his future but uh again he's at Fifty to one. Uh, we'll also get into what happened with uh, the other Vegas and UNLV guys. Is uh, most of them have signed with a squad, and there was quite the discussion out there last night, Willie, about hey, if you leave school and you don't get drafted, that was absolutely a mistake. And I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree that it was a mistake for Bryce Hamilton to go pro and forego, you know, a COVID year. I don't. I don't believe it was a mistake by Orlando Robinson either.
2: No, I mean, if, if you know, they, they go through these processes when they declare and then they go to the tryouts and, and the workouts, if you will, they're not tryouts. They're actually workouts. Let me word it properly. And then they're 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 advised as far as where their talent is. Now, some of them are told, hey, you're a 30 to 50 guy. You're a 40 to 60 guy. They're given the range as to where they're at. At that point. You make the choice. These guys made the choice. They decided to go in wherever they were going to get taken.
1: And keep JT in mind. Midello, an official... One last thing. Keep in mind, it's a very short draft. It's This isn't the NFL draft. There's not seven rounds. It's only two rounds. There's only 58 picks. It's not the end of the world if you don't get drafted. Ask Christian Woods.